Hello, and welcome to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach, LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. Experience the information, inspiration, and collaboration of our Coach in Your Corner partnership. My name is Stephanie Wolf. I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach and proud owner of the Whole Food Health Coach, now in its ninth year and five-time winner of the Best of Gwinnett Award in Endocrinology, Diabetes, and Metabolism Practices. Rachel, Sherry, and I invite you to visit wholefoodhealthcoach.com to set up your 60-minute healthy living assessment. Our award-winning three-phase program is changing lives. WorkWell is brought to you weekly, and it's dedicated to your personal and professional health and wellness. I offer examples from my own life, health, marriage, family, and business. I share my research, my opinion, my faith, bringing you what I hope to be compelling content, engaging challenges, and practical body, soul, and spirit support on your wellness journey. WorkWell comes to you from my personal desire to live long and strong with passion and purpose. Die of old age, help others to do the same. Now from living rooms to boardrooms via Business Radio X, you are listening to WorkWell with Stephanie Wolf. All right, let's do this. Today, I want to share with you a couple of answers from a Sunday school class of four through seven-year-olds about what is love. When my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore, so my grandfather does it for her all the time, even when his hands got arthritis too. That's love, says Rebecca, age eight. Love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. Carl, age five. Love is what makes you smile even when you're tired. Terry, age four. Love is a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. Tommy, age six. Love is when mommy sees daddy smelly and sweaty and still says he's as handsome as Robert Redford. Chris, age eight. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. Lauren, age four. And lastly, there are two kinds of love, our love, God's love, but God makes both kinds of them. Jenny, age four. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that every week I seek to offer you inspiration and information. I challenge you and encourage you to change something, improve something, let go of something, pick up something, start something, restart something, or at least begin the healthy self-dialogue to excite and generate movement towards your healthier self. And this whole year, that's what we've been doing. So January, we started with Happy New You. And I've tried everything and body fuel and we heard from a client's perspective. This month, it's all about heart health. So show your heart some love. Don't go breaking my heart was last week. And today, put a little love in your heart. I hope that you had an amazing Valentine's. I certainly did. So happy Valentine's Day to all my faithful listening family. I hope your cup was filled to overflowing with warm hugs, kind words, meaningful gifts and cards and gestures of love. That's what St. Valentine lost his life, or more specifically, his head, over. Yet another example of a benefit we enjoy at the result as a result of someone else's sacrifice. 
I doubt St. Valentine realized that cards and candy and flower companies would benefit so bountifully from his sacrificial effort to spread love. Valentine's Day purchases actually in 2023 reached $26 billion. That's billion with a B. The History Channel uh, really offers three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus. Um, all of which were martyred, I might say. Um, not a good name, evidently. Our St. Valentine that we're talking about, though, was a priest who served in during the 3rd century in Rome when Emperor Claudius II decided that single men made better soldiers than those who had wives and families. So he outlawed marriage for young men. Valentine realized the injustice of this decree and defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young men and women in secret. When Valentine's actions were discovered, Claudius ordered him to be put to death, which he was. It was on February 14th in the year 269. But while he was in prison awaiting death, Valentine actually sent the first, quote-unquote, Valentine greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl, possibly his jailer's daughter, who visited him during his confinement. Before his death, it was alleged that he wrote a letter to her and signed it from your Valentine, an expression that is still in use today. So legend also had it that he cut hearts from parchment to remind those he married of God's love. It's ironic and significant that this great archetype of romantic love was himself both single and celibate. Maybe he lived his love through those that he brought together in holy matrimony. I have here with me today something that I cut out and worked on with my granddaughters and their mom out in Texas. And I love thinking about what St. Valentine gave us. Being a pastor, my husband of nearly 40 years has married many amazing young men and women. I love his weddings. He loves marriage, and if you've ever attended a wedding officiated by him, then you'll hear him tear up, get emotional over the concept of the vows taken between the man and woman. He has a powerful way of painting the picture of what marriage really is. His words have such meaning and depth because he has a healthy heart full of love. I used to keep the photos of everyone he married, but there became so many of them Couples treasure the weeks of premarital counseling they spend with him, and I always tease that he's the premarital uh, expert, and I'm triage. I'm, I'm the ER person that's going to help put people back together again. Jack and I have been together for nearly 49 years, so we've celebrated 49 Valentine's Days and March 23rd, 1974, our wedding day. So next year will be our 50th anniversary, and we're trying to decide what we can do to celebrate a half a century together. I couldn't be more proud of our relationship, and he is my everything. I've told everybody that. I feel loved and adored, cherished and appreciated every day, and I believe he feels the same. We're going to hear about that and hear more about that, I suppose I should say, during the five Thursdays in March when he is my co-host. So love is good for the heart. Say it out loud if you're out there. Be loud and proud. Love is good for the heart. Love feeds our heart so that we can take 
the opportunity, maybe even now, to express our love for someone and for each other. Jack and I do that not just on what we call special days, but we believe in making every day a special day. All you need is love. Love is all you need. The Beatles released this song in 1967. You're probably grateful I didn't actually sing that to you. But Brian Epstein, the band's manager, said of All You Need Is Love, it was an inspired song and they really wanted to give the world a message. The nice thing about it is that it cannot be misinterpreted. It is a clear message saying that love is everything. Love and support go hand in hand, sadly as do hate and destruction, but love is more powerful than hate, though hate usually makes it into the news more often. The song is a perfect sing-along. I'm sure you've sung along before t with this song because it's the catchy and simple chorus, but the message is clear. It emphasizes that all you need in order to thrive and be successful is love. That's why they say you can achieve anything when loved, and I couldn't agree more. Anything that I've ever achieved in life is because I was genuinely, profoundly, and deeply loved. I seek to love in the same way, and better. Here's what I believe to be the second side of that coin, though. Not everyone listening today has a love story, like the one that Jack and I share. Not everyone out there has the experience of an unconditional, kind, and loving care of a mother, like I did. And for that, I am truly sorry. We humans are a mess, and we do the best we can with what we have often um, taken away or um, and most times falling short. And there are other complicated, extenuating circumstances, I believe, that bring pain and suffering to others. Some I understand from my education in emotional and mental health, but still others are beyond my comprehension, and only God can redeem it or judge it in the end of days. But what if a truly healthy heart is measured by the love in your heart, not only by what you get or do not get from external resources? What if success in life is driven by the love that comes from the inside out, not the other way around? Both are valuable, of course, but love may become an unhealthy and selfish thing if you seek to merely receive. A selfish, unhealthy heart asks, what can you do for me? While true love from a healthy heart asks, what can I do for you? In my world of coaching, we call the three types of love, the give, give, the give, take, and the take, take. Give, give is what we really all should be after. I give you what you need. You give me what I need. Instead of a give, take, where one person doing most of the giving, the other person doing most of the taking, or a take, take. I take from you what I need. You take from me what you need. Be a giver. That's why I chose the song by Al Green and Annie Lennox, Put a Little Love in Your Heart. Some of the lyrics are, think of your fellow man, lend him a helping hand, put a little love in your heart. You see, it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. Put a little love in your heart and the world will be a better place and the world will be a better place for you and me. If you want the world to know we won't let hatred grow, put a little love in your heart. Take a good look around and if you're looking down, 
put a little love in your heart. I hope when you decide, kindness will be your guide. Put a little love in your heart. Or thanks to Jackie DeShannon and Burt Bacharach. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing there's just too little of. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Not just for some, but for everyone. Healthy hearts need healthy food. Love's an emotion that feeds our health in every way and in every area. So put a love in your heart. All it takes is healthy input every day. Ask your AI device to play What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong, like I do every evening that I'm co responsible for cooking dinner anyway. Or Happy by Pharrell Williams and dance it out. Get rid of the negativity. Remember what goes in will come out. So even if you're putting good things in your heart, remember we leak. So we need to keep on fueling up and keep on feeding our heart a healthy diet. So I'm in control of my input. Negativity breaks down my heart health. It's toxic to my heart and soul. Our soul is defined as that immaterial or unseen part of a human being. And that part inside of us that makes us us, really. It's connected to our mind, will, spirit, and emotions. I believe it's what drives us and fuels us our thoughts, our choices, our emotions. And it's pretty important. And I control it all. You control it all. Every choice matters. You are what you eat. You've heard me say it a number of times. And it speaks to the fact that our physical health is directly related to the healthy choices and foods that we eat. But it's equally true in other areas. Like what you take in through your eyes, your ears. Like the Sunday school song, Be careful little eyes what you see. Remember that one? Be careful little ears what you hear. There are many things that I can tell you not to do or things to stay away from to protect your heart and keep it healthy. But hopefully as I offer you these four positive ways to help you take good care of yourself and keep your heart healthy, you'll get my point much better. The first is love much, relationships. Think of someone who loves you dearly, someone who's been your closest ally through the years, a dearest loved one, someone whose very presence makes you feel good all over. If you're married, I hope you're thinking about your spouse right now. My husband and I have been through hell and back, but every step we took, we took together. There's no one alive who I would rather be with day in and day out. 49 years of ups and downs, ins and outs, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Our goal is to be the longest living married couple in America one day. When we made the goal, 83 years was the record, and it was held by Ralph and Dorothy Kohler. But my research found that they had been married 86 years when Dorothy passed away December 2nd, 2021 of heart failure at age 103. Ralph passed away in January 2026, just six weeks later in 2022. He had just turned 104 three weeks prior. 
The family said he just missed her too much and died of a broken heart. Remember my mission, live long and strong, die of old age, help others to do the same. Well, I plan to live to be 100. I read about John and Charlotte Henderson from Austin, Texas, 106 and 105. They'd been married 80 years. I know people ask the question, who wants to live to be 100? Well, the answer is the person who's 99. I agree with those young couples. Stay close to someone who makes you feel like sunshine is a quote I have above my desk. Better yet, be someone that others want to stay close to because you feel like sunshine to them. We need one another. Maybe we would benefit from rewriting or writing the Declaration of Interdependence. There's nothing wrong with depending on someone or being the someone that another is depending on. The Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. I don't know if you've ever seen iron sharpening iron, but sparks often fly when they do. It's like saying some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue. Um, I know a little grace can go a long, long way. So remind yourself of all that is good, the good in you, the good in others. Look for the good. The next is laughter. Laugh often. So laughter stops stress and anxiety in its tracks. Sometime I'm going to do a whole mental health um, piece on laughter and what it does for us. But today, let me just give you a couple of tips. It alters your brain chemistry the minute you start laughing. And it makes you feel better from a simple smile to a chuckle to an explosive giggle. And laughter is a great workout for your abs. Actually, your abs begin to expand and contract like doing crunches. Laughter is great for your heart, the literal one and the heart of hearts that I'm talking about today. It lowers blood pressure, improves blood flow, so it reduces the odds of stroke and heart attack. Laughter activates your T-cells. These are important to your body's health. It supercharges your disease-fighting immune system. Laughter releases endorphins. And endorphins are a natural pain-killing hormone. Laughter is the cheapest form of therapy. Let's try it. <laughs> Do you know that you can, you can fake it till you make it? Because your body can't tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. And if you don't believe me, you've been to the movie theater lately and laughed at something that didn't really happen or cried at something that's not really um, true or didn't happen. So laughter is the cheapest form of therapy. Uh, there's a couple of familiar proverbs that come to mind. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, is one version said. And if you're happy, tell your face. Um, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Another is day can, days can be full of evil, but he who has a merry heart has a continual feast. That's what's going on on the inside, no matter what's going on on the outside. And the last one is worry weighs a person down and encouraging word cheers a person up. 
one night, um, my husband and I actually had been feeling down that day, and we went to bed as usual and began our nightly reading time together. I should say I listen, he reads. Um, we were reading the complete set of Anne of Green Gables. Anne is always getting herself into mischief, quite unintentionally, of course. And in this instance, she had found her cow had again escaped her fence and was again eating the neighbor's grain. Knowing he would be furious with her, she chased the cow all over the field trying to catch it. All muddy and tired, she sold the cow to a nearby, a passerby, actually. She was so frustrated, only to get home and see her cow was confined in its fence. And Jack and I laughed out loud and couldn't stop. The laughter was healing to our hearts and um, it truly stopped stress in its tracks. I just realized that, you know, she had mistaken the neighbor's cow and sold him off, thinking it was her own cow. All right, so the next is light up your life, some sunshine. And here it is, get out more. You need to get out more. Outdoors. The average person spends 93% of their life indoors. And that's auto and office and house. 93%. That means that if you live to be 100, like I intend to, you will have spent 93 of those years inside and only seven years outside. The average age is 75 years old. So let's say 69 and three quarters years spent indoors. I should also mention that this includes our childhood years. So indoors, where we live all the time and work uh, or drive, is artificial light, mostly artificial air temperatures, plastic, nylon, faux leather, leather uh, fake fireplaces, wax fruit, fragrances from a spray can and air fresheners that smell like pine, that if you just actually went outside and smelt the pine, artificial sound machines, and of course, artificial lives of actors and artificial screen watching. So while I'm on the topic of artificial lives and artificial screens, uh, according to the Nielsen report, United States adults are watching five hours and 40 minutes of television per day. On average, that's 35.5 hours a week, slightly more than 77 days of watching TV a year. Nielsen says, nope, the things that Americans do most often with their free time is not cooking or exercising, getting outdoors, or any other seemingly beneficial or profitable activity. Americans watch TV. And I could add devices to that because all screens. Other screens like the technology that we're so distracted by, constant distractions and interruptions, all urgent, not. My car tells me, when I am too close to another driver. And the first time I drove it, I hate to admit, but I couldn't get the door to lock for some reason when I was getting out. So I went into the coffee shop with a friend anyway, leaving it unlocked, only to come out and realize that it wouldn't lock because the car was still running. I hadn't hit the button, the proper button to turn the car off. Therefore, it wouldn't allow me to lock the door. So I can't turn 
on my own coffee maker. It's got its own program that's plugged into the wall. Our Nest keeps the settings on schedule, so I can't hardly adjust that without turning on my camera or my phone, I mean. And my smart TV is so smart that I can barely work it at all. Get outdoors is my point. Everything living and life-giving is outdoors. Real sunlight, real air, pine scents, gentle breezes, rocks, bark, trees, plants, and flowers of all colors, varieties, and smells, singing birds, other sounds, buzzing bees, brooks babbling, uh, wheat fields, pine forests, uh, mountain ranges, and lakes. I know before turning 60, I saw a quote, you know, all those things you've always wanted to do, you should do them. So I did. I created a list of 60 things I wanted to do before my birthday. I called it my 60 by 60 list. I shot a gun for the first and last time. Rafting, hiked up Stone Mountain and back down, picnicked with a, in a bed of clover under a tree by the lake with my sweetie, um, rode my bike to work and back, uh, made my own dress and wore it to my 60th dinner. I went on a cattle drive. I had the biggest ladies night out birthday bash ever. My point, get out, get out of the house, create your own 60 by 60 list. You don't actually have to be approaching 60 to do it. Um, but if that's what you're doing, don't start in January if your birthday's in July, like I did. So vacations are great. That's a part of getting out of the house. But get more bang for your buck. It, you can do that if you train yourself to go back anytime you want to relive it. Wherever you've been that has been amazing to you. No ticket required. When I get stressed, I close my eyes. And in a millisecond, I'm on the coast of Lisbon, Portugal, watching the waves come and go from the shoreline. Or on a cruise ship balcony going through the Panama Canal or staring at the Grand Canyon. Where can you go? Anywhere. Anywhere you've been that has brought you great peace, great joy, a great experience. You can travel back there just by pulling in that image that's in your mind and the experience again. Try it. Use all of your senses when you do to recreate the pleasant and peaceful experience. Close your eyes, not if you're driving, but what are you seeing to your right? What do you see to your left? Look up. What do you see in the air? Look down. What about the toes in the sand or the ocean experience? What are you hearing? What are the smells in the air? If you have trouble doing that, go through your photo albums or maybe the photos on your phone. More importantly, if you learn how to build self-care into your daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly life, you'll not live a life from which you feel the need to escape. Stephanie Wolf. That brings me to my final point. Live well. Your lifestyle is a reflection of who you really are. Is life all about you? Is there room for improvement? The only people that I have a hard time coaching are those who do not think they need coaching. I don't have the time to mentor those or coach those who don't think they need a mentor or a coach. Even great players need a coach. We can never see all that we need to see from our own perspective. Are you willing to hear what you may need to hear? To change what you may need to change?
if you're going to live well and have a healthy heart, you need to open your heart and open your ears. Define and live according to your core values. So what really matters to you? How you live out what you say matters to you. What's most important to you? Only you can answer that. Does your bank account show that? How about your calendar? What allegiance would um, how you spend your money and how you spend your time reveal? Live what you say you believe. When things don't go your way, how do you deal with that? You've heard the saying, some days you have to create your own sunshine. Choose to live more fully, more consciously, more joyfully, and more gratefully. Remember, it is your choice how you spend your time, how you spend your thoughts and your energy. We celebrated our 46th during lockdown and made a list of 46 things to do without leaving the house. It was so much fun. We created our own sunshine. If you feel like you're in a hurry all the time, behind, overwhelmed, stressed, and find yourself feeling like you're coming apart, you have to learn how to hit the pause button. Take a break, take a breath, step back, step away. Put yourself in time out if you have to. Allow times for transition between things. Like when you get off a merry-go-round and you need a moment to get your bearing back. Take that time. What do you want more of in your life? Love, laughter, light, life. You're a vessel, a vase, a cup. Fill yourself with all that is good for you. Put a little love in your heart. It's good for you, your heart, your family, your friends, and the world. We can be the change we want to see in the world, or at least in our own corner of the world. Like the song from Jill Jackson, 1955, Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. If it begins with me, remember, a rising tide lifts all boats. Before you know it, you'll be feeling like sunshine and everyone will want to be with you. Even you. It's easier than you think. Just Today's final thought comes to you from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, near, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. You've been listening to Work Well with Stephanie Wolf, brought to you by the Whole Food Health Coach LLC, where we make your goals our goals, and you're never alone on your wellness journey. If you're new to the podcast, welcome today. I invite you to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast channel. Just say, Alexa, play work well with Stephanie Wolf. 
I love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, your cherished takeaways from today and from past podcasts. What's been working well for you? For information about our corporate wellness programs, virtual classes, or our individual coaching, go to wholefoodhealthcoach.com. Our coaching is available virtually anywhere in the country. I'm Stephanie Wolf, wishing you well personally and professionally. See you next week live or on your favorite podcast channel. Until then, choose life.